morning. That was a great prayer this morning, Auntie Um, I must say it was definitely needed um, for me. And um, it came in right on time. I really do appreciate it. Um, I feel that I would look forward to um, being a guest on your show and speaking about depression and uh, mental illness. Um, I would definitely like to share my story um, and my testimony because in these days, it's definitely needed um, more than not because we're all battling something um, and depression has become a silent killer because there's so many people walking around with it um, and I just I, I would love to be a guest um, once again thank you so much and God bless you love you great show today praise the Lord I'm back I know I missed you too. I hope everyone's doing well and I hope everyone had a great Easter and I'm back and God has given me another word. And you know, this message, I'm so excited to be able to present it that I, I asked God what the title was by the time I put this podcast out, it may have a title to the message or it may not be a title, but God just told me that this message is for the underdog. This message is for the servant or the person who is a servant at heart, who has no choice in their destiny. And they have been feeling as though they've been left to the mercy of others. They have no say in what happens to them. And they have little to contribute to their own lives because others have been making decisions on their behalf. Uh, this can result in misappropriation of their gifts, their talents, their services, or even their phys physical autonomy. Uh, they own you by the world standards. And even from a social and economic perspective, these are the ones that are usually overlooked and undervalued until they are needed to do the master's bidding. And when I say the master, I'm not talking about God, uh, Christ, the master. I'm talking about the servant of this world. You know, a lot of us, we go to work every day. We, uh, we're serving someone. Some of us are serving on different platforms and we serve in different organizations and we're doing different things. But you're going to serve someone in some capacity, whether you want to or not. And sometimes you may not want to, but circumstances have dictated that you end up in a servitude position. But anyway, at any rate, uh, this position, hopefully people will be able to understand this particular word. People will be under, be able to comprehend what uh, God has been giving me for this time in this season. But this word is for the underdog and um, the underprivileged the person that feels like they have no hope. And uh, it's coming from Genesis 21. And uh, it starts out uh, in, in verse 12 uh, of Genesis 21. And in, if, you, if you read that uh, story, it's uh, talking about 
uh, Hagar, who was the the servant of 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 Sarah. And so um, it, when you read in actually, let's start off with verse chapter uh, 16 and let's go there first, because uh, there, this story is like a setup. And so when God first showed it to me, he showed it to me in one way um, and started pointing out the, about the underdog element of it. And then after that, he took me a little further. And then that's when he took me to uh 21. So let's start. We're going to start off in 16. And and I'm just going to read it uh, from 16 on over until we get to maybe verse nine and maybe go a little further. Uh, but it starts off in verse 16. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had bore him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. So she gets this bright idea about how she wants to have children. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. We know her name gets changed to Sarah uh, in, in other, further down in, in the story. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for years, it says uh, 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am, I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Uh, your slave, let me see, okay. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. And that's the part that was really breaking me up was when uh, it says that she mistreated Hagar. You know, it, it to me, okay, you you had her to do with her whatever you wanted. And it just kind of bothered me the way he said, hey, she's your your slave. Do whatever you want to do with her. So what did she do? She mistreats her. So the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside the, the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. 
Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. Oh, that sounds so terrible. She's telling uh, this, the angel is telling Hagar to go back to the mistress and submit to her. Ooh. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. And I just love that. The Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She gave his name to the Lord who spoke to her. To her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Ber Lahel Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So this, this is how the Lord started off speaking to me about this particular uh, whole situation. You know, God started off by speaking to me about the servitude of Hagar and how she had no choice. She had no choice in her predicament. Sarai had this bright idea. She had a promise that she wanted to come to pass. She knew she didn't have any children. And so she gets this bright idea that she wanted to just have a baby around. You know, you get so desperate sometimes. You just want to, you just want to try anything out of desperation to, to see whatever it is that you want to see come to pass. And, you know, maybe she'd had a vision or maybe she had had this in her heart, this longing in her heart for so long. And, um, or maybe sometimes she knew in her heart that she was supposed to be a mother. She just didn't know how to go about it. And so she decides that maybe this is going to be the plan. So she makes this, this plan to give her 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 servant to her husband so she gives Hagar to Abram and 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 they conceive Abram and Hagar conceive now what people don't realize when you do things like that you are responsible for the consequences that come with those bright ideas so she gets this bright idea and she pulls someone else who basically doesn't even really have a dog in the fight. Hagar has n no control over the situation at all. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations. This is the point that this story is not about uh, Sarai. This is not about the rich person, wealthy person who found herself barren, who knew that she was a chosen person. This is about the underdog. This is about the person who has yet to understand that they are chosen just as well. And they have a very significant role to play in 
their life in their destiny, even though it doesn't appear that they do. In this situation, Hagar, who is the lowly servant, and even the angel describes her when he's speaking to her and says, hey, hey, Hagar, uh, Sarai's, um, Sarai's slave, where are you going? Where'd you come from? Where are you going? And it's almost like um, even in the spirit realm, she is identified as a slave. Of course, you know, of course, now this is in the Old Testament. However, um, when she just comes out and says, hey, I was treated poorly. I was treated bad. I was treated in a mean way, even though I did nothing wrong. But basically what happened, she gets pulled into someone else's drama. She gets pulled into someone else's dilemma. And so they feel that she's going to be the answer to the problem. She gets pulled into it by no fault of her own. She has no control of her over her body. She has no say over what happens to her womb. She has no say over what happens to her body. She gets betrothed to uh, her, her master and then she gives birth. So basically she did what you would think was the right thing, right? So she gives birth and you would think that Sarah would be happy and Abram would be happy. So, but uh, what, what Sarah didn't count on was that in the childbearing process, well, you know, when these wonderful blessings start coming to pass, that you thought it was such a great idea to use someone to get what you want, and then they get blessed out of it, then you get an attitude, then now you're jealous. So basically, Hagar is being uh, um, hated upon. Okay, we got those people that they're being hated upon. So, you know, I can just imagine what it's like. Yeah, uh, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even be having that baby in the first place. It's because of me that you're walking around pregnant right now. You know, a lot of times we get blessings that we didn't ask for. We didn't even want it. And then it gets tossed upon us. And then when we're trying to enjoy the blessing, people get an attitude with you and say, yeah, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even be having that. If I didn't bless you with it, you wouldn't even have it. You know, sometimes people get an attitude with you when they're the one that pulled you into the drama. And then it becomes a nightmare and you don't have any control over the situation because you don't have any control over your destiny or the way it appears you are the, in the subservient role and you have no control we probably experienced this a lot on our jobs a lot in situations where we have that supervisor or even a superior a person that may be a superior employee that we're they're not exactly our bosses or anything but they're in a, a superior role and we're more of a supporting role and so sometimes they can do things to us they can try to uh put us in situations we may be experiencing certain situations like this in ministry in our relationships but at whatever rate i'm just believing god that he will minister to the person who this message is for and that they will understand that this message is for that underdog they got pulled into something that they didn't ask to be pulled into and then they got mistreated out of the deal. 
they got the they were the ones that got the short end of the stick or so it appears they were the ones that it says it that uh sarai treated hagar mean she mistreated her and so um so she runs away you know sometimes things get so difficult you can't help but run you cannot help it you have to run self-preservation eventually kicks in where you just feel like you're not going to be abused one more day and then you can also look at it from another perspective was she acting too prideful and arrogant to the degree where she had to be humbled so are there times when we um we see the blessing we're walking to the blessing and then we um get proud and so we have to be abased because of the pride that's dwelling within our heart because we see that there's someone else that uh that probably is coveting what we have or they can't do what we can do what we can do or they have not been blessed in the manner that we have been blessed in and so then we get prideful but Still, this message is for the person that you get pulled into something that you didn't really ask for. You didn't, you were like the fall guy. You were just that person that had no real say and you got pulled in. So what ends up happening is, you, you know, sometimes God will call us to leave a place and he means go. And he means go and don't go back. But in this situation, it sounds so wrong for for God to tell her, now go back and submit under the hand of your uh, of of Sarai, of your your of your um your master, basically. And so for whatever he says, the, uh, under the mistress hand, you just go ahead and submit. So whatever the case may be. She goes back, and but before she goes back, God makes her a promise about the role that she's going to be playing. So he lets her know. He lets her in on a little secret. He lets her know, you know, I know it looks bad right now, but it won't always be that way. And that's what God wants someone to know right now. I know that it looks bad right now, but it won't always be that way. And I know that it appears as though you, you, you're you being mistreated, but you have to understand that God sees exactly what is going on. He knows and he understands exactly what is going on. And so when I'm just thinking that when Hagar goes back and she is pregnant, she goes back and during this time this was an opportunity for her to build the bond her her son to build the bond with his father and you know sometimes you have to build that bond you have to build that connection and in in whatever type of relationship has to be made whatever type of connections that need to be made in order for you to receive the full blessing or for you to achieve the level of success or the anointing that God has for your life sometimes you have to go back or you have to submit and stay where you are so that 
uh, everything can be done in the appropriate manner. And so I'm just thinking that uh, this was a chance for Abram to experience um, bonding with a child. And we do know that down the road, he does have another son. He does have Isaac. But in the meantime, he will be able to have this child in the household, develop a type of relationship with this child, bond with this child, and this child will be able to grow in a household with the covering of a father, uh, Abraham being the father of greatness, you know? And so he can have his legacy that he can, uh, at least it can be established. So, you know, uh, there's a lot to be said when you leave a place prematurely. Sometimes you don't get everything that you're supposed to get when you leave prematurely. So I hope that someone understands. So uh, I feel in my spirit, someone needs to know, don't leave prematurely because when you leave prematurely, there's a lot of growth that may need to happen that if you leave too soon, uh, then that growth will not take place. And then there, that will cause a, uh, a type of regression or a type of retardation for whatever it is that you're trying to do. It won't be fully developed. So make sure that you allow God to tell you when to move and how long to be there and, and when it's time to stay. So she goes back. Amen. But before she does go, she says, I have truly, I have truly, I, and in verse, uh, verse 13, she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And I'm reading out of the um, NIV version. And she says, that is why the well, the, and it says that is why the well was called Bear Lahia Roy. So she, she actually dedicated that well to, to having that encounter. And she's saying how she, she has been seen by God. So that is very wonderful. She knows that she has been seen by God after she has been mistreated and abused. She got pulled into someone else's debauchery, someone else's plan that she didn't even ask to be a part of. She got pulled into someone else's drama. She didn't even ask to be pregnant and she got pulled into this thing. And a lot of it was because someone was trying to work their own little, their own little magic. You know, we get these people, you, you have a lot of influence and power and money, and you think that you can just do whatever you want. Well, you know, I'm here to tell you, you just can't do whatever you want to anybody, even if you do have some type of control over them. So let that be a check in the box, because what ends up happening, it ends up traumatizing everybody involved. So uh, basically, by the time we get over to verse 21, uh, where... um. Sarah has her encounter with God and then the promise that she gets from the Lord, she ends up having her child, Isaac. And um, on the day they're having this big celebration for Isaac, then there's some conflict and she sees that Ishmael is ridiculing her child. And so after that, Miss 
Sarai, whose name got changed to Sarah, um, now, oh, she's the smarty pants now who wants to get Hagar out of the house. First, she wants, she had the bright idea to um, give her husband to her handmaid so that she can have a child with her. And then gets mad after it after the, she gets pregnant, after Hagar gets pregnant. Now she's got an attitude and now she can't stand her. So she beats her up and treats her mean. And so it's like, Sarah, you know, I'm, I kind of got some questions about Sarah, actually. And, you know, um, I will keep my opinions to myself. You know, but um, I just have some opinions about her because she doesn't seem like she's stable. But I just want to let you know that when people get desperate, desperate people do desperate things. So come on now. I don't want to judge Sarai because she probably was just a little desperate. And so I'm not going to, you know, get all heavy handed and start talking bad about her. But um, it seems as though she couldn't make a her mind about things and so after God blessed her with the promise you know we get our blessings and once we get our blessings you know what we thought was a blessing back back then we realized it wasn't we, we shouldn't have done some things right we realized that we should have waited on God and now we're all mad because now we got this other little thing going on on the side that we wish we hadn't stuck our hand in so what ended up happening by the time we get to uh, 21 uh, chapter 21 uh, we see that that uh, God blesses Sarah, and then um, <laughs> there's a little conflict going on in the house. And so now Sarah is saying, you know, um, her son is not going to be striving with this other kid. Okay, first. You know, I bet when the baby first was born, you know, she was ready to take him to her arm. Then that was going to be her son. But then when she had her own baby, now all of a sudden this this bond woman's child, you know, he became the bond. Ishmael becomes the bond woman's child, you know. And so now she doesn't want any part of him now that she had her own kid. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you could just imagine the tension that was in the house at that time. And so um, by the time we get down to. Um, at verse 11 of 21, we see that uh, the matter was so stressful to Abraham. It says, the matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And um, he says, I will make the son of the slave into a nation also, because he is your offspring. So then we see that. So what God tells um, Abraham you know, by this time, Sarah's like saying, hey, get her out of here and all that. So early that morning, uh, we read over here in verse 14 of chapter 21. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulder and then sent her off with the boy. 
she went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about to uh, uh about a bow shot away for she thought I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter? Hagar, do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew, as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. So what I wanted, uh, what God was actually showing me about this was how even though Sarah did the things that she did to Hagar and Hagar stayed, she went back, she stayed the course, she had her son Ishmael there, um, the tension did continue to rise. And, you know, sometimes when we see tension going on, sometimes we think this can't be the hand of God. This cannot be God's best. I don't believe that this is what God would want because it's getting tense. So we have to remember that um, even though it's getting tense, we still have to uh, stay the course until God says it's over. When God says it's over, then it's over. So what happened in, uh, we saw that in verse, uh, verse, verse 16, when she first tried to leave, God said, go back. But in verse 21, it was like, yes, it's time to go. But there was a multitude of things that had been established and secured by the time that, uh, that, Hagar did finally leave this second time and God actually said yes it is time for her to go and so when she does leave and go off and she is she, she I think she may have forgotten what happened back in the in the other chapter from the first time when she left when she said I see the one you know, that has made me the promise. That's what she was saying the first time when she left. And then all of a sudden she couldn't see anything anymore. So she was blinded by the 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 fact that she had lost her provision. Psst, psst. Hey, hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're enjoying the latest episode and I just wanted to just interrupt just for one minute. I promise I won't keep you very long. How about you send me an email? Gracepace.pcast at gmail.com. That's right. 
G-R-A-C-E-P-A-C-E dot P-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you think. If you have any ideas that you'd like to share, hey, I'm all ears. Or if you have Spotify, why don't you send me a voicemail message and I'll upload it on the next podcast episode. Or if you don't have Spotify, why don't you download it? It's time, don't you think? I hope you enjoy the rest of our podcast episode. So she was blinded by the fact that she had lost provisions. Before that time, she was blinded probably by time because, you know, there was time that has tra- had transpired from when she first, God had first spoken to her and told her about the promise that was going to be uh, for her son. And, uh, you know, sometimes God makes us promises and speaks to us. And so much time transpires and so many things occurs during the last time we heard God speak to us clearly that sometimes we may even think we imagined what we heard God tell us. So I wonder, there may have been times when she was just in her bed or laying there and thinking, did God really say all of the things that he said about my son? Did he say all the things, the promises that he showed me? Is it really, was that really God or did I imagine it? And then, you know, being in the desert, she probably was thinking that she had a heat stroke or something. You know, a lot of times when God speaks to us, we, we try to think maybe it was something I ate or maybe it was because I was tired or maybe it was because of my environment. The music was loud. And when God spoke to me, maybe I just misunderstood what the Holy Spirit said. You know, a lot of times we miss it because we start doubting what God spoke to us, just like. Hagar may have started doubting. At first, she was strong and confident. She said, oh, I see. I see the one. And then uh, all of a sudden, and she even, you know, made the name of that place after her saying that she sees the one who heard her cry. And then all of a sudden, here she is not being able to even see uh, what was right in front of her because the Bible says that um, in uh, chapters, we read verses 17 through 20 of chapter 21. Uh, sh- it says that she lifted her voice and wept. And then um, in verse 17, it says, God heard her cry and he provided. The angel instructed her to pick up her child, hold him up. And that's what the King James Version says. It says to hold him up. And so there are some things that um, that we want to that we have had thrusted upon us and it may have been a blessing. And then at some points we may have felt like it was a curse because we have just been enduring these things. And then, um, you know, God finally just tells us that, yes, hold it up. This is the blessing that he wants to give us. And he is going to provide for your baby or this blessing 
or whatever this promise or this dream is, God will bring provision. And as we see here in verse 19, uh, he tells her to, uh, he actually, the Bible clearly says he opened her eyes so that she could see a well. So, you know, I just imagine that she was, Hagar was so stricken in this place of grief with her saying, I don't want to see this child die. So she takes the child, throws him under a tree and she goes, like it says that she goes a bow's throw away where she won't even have to look at the child. She doesn't want to see this blessing all of a sudden becoming a curse and is getting ready to die. She doesn't want to see it. She turns her back and she just cries. And that's how we get sometimes when we have been promised something by God, we get delirious. We see that our our provisions are low. The water we had is all gone. Everything's getting dry. Our throat is dry. The vision is dried up. The it's, It looks like it's dying. We get scared. We can't see anymore. And then God has to open our eyes. And God opened Hagar's eyes and allowed her to see that there was a well. And I just feel so strongly that God wants us to know that there are things that are hidden in plain sight. And we need to open our eyes and see the provision that God has for us. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of times when I went and put my hands in a pair of jeans. This happened more than once. I went and tried on a pair of jeans that I hadn't worn in a while, stuck my hand in the pocket, found five crisp $20 bills. I have no idea when they were placed there. And you know, God, uh, I've done that before. Once I found a check and the check was hidden in my purse. I don't know when it was there. I don't remember uh, how long it was there. But you know, even after all these years, I go back and I wonder, how did that get placed there? I'd never missed it. And so the only thing I can think of is that it is God. God will open your eyes where you will have provision that you did not see before. It will come from nowhere. And so I pray that this word will encourage someone today that when you look back at whatever this baby is, whatever this dream is, whatever this uh, blessing is that God has given you, and it may have been something that it was given to you by default. Hallelujah. Sometimes God will bless other people and bless you too. Or sometimes other people get blessed and the blessing falls on you. And you know that he blessed everybody else just so we can get to you. But however, this blessing may have found its way to you. 
However, you may have to be revived. However, this flame may need to be rekindled. Whatever this is that God has called you to do and gave you the assignment for, and gave you the burden to carry. I pray that your faith fail you not and that you be the conductor that God will be pleased with because you did see what it was that he wanted to do and you walked in obedience and you went when he said go and you stayed when he said stay and you followed the precepts that he gave you because in the end your blessing will make Make you rich and add no sorrow to you. And I have a word for the person that may have cried out. If you have cried out, open your eyes. Wait to see where the provision is. Open your eyes to see where it is. Ask God, where is it? And if you have not cried out, sometimes when we go through different trials and we go through different tests, we can become so traumatized that we can't even pray anymore. I've been there many times. I've been in situations where I could not even open my mouth to pray. But thank God, there was always someone else that could pray for me. But I am encouraging you today that if you feel that you're so traumatized that you cannot pray, I would like to combine my faith with yours today and pray that you open your mouth and begin to cry out to God. Sometimes you cannot speak a word. Then let the tears flow if they must. Turn on some praise music. Lift up your hands and look up to the sky if you cannot open your mouth because God hears your cry. God hears your cry and he will answer you. And when he does answer you, he will allow you to see what may have been hidden in plain sight. Hallelujah. I believe and I declare and decree that this is an on-time word for someone that feels as though they have been playing the underdog. And I want you to understand one thing that was in the Old Testament. But we understand now that we are not the uh, the the tail of anything. We are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And we are ever abounding in the works of the Lord. And I pray that you will walk upright before God, knowing that he is able to keep you from falling, knowing that his His calling and his, his vocation that he has for your life is sure. And that you're able to do all things through him. Hallelujah. I pray that this message falls on good ground. I pray that you understand what I have tried to convey. And Father, I pray, I pray before I came on. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will bless each and every person that hears this message. God, that they will understand that they are more than conquerors, but they are overcomers through you. And Father, if you have placed them in a position to serve, let them serve as unto you, God. Let them serve in a cheerful heart. And Father, we pray that you bless them to walk upright in their heart, but keep their heart 
humble before you. Let no pride enter into their heart, God, when they walk into the blessing. Father, we pray that you bless them to be sober-minded and let them be vigilant, almighty God, and let them have on the full armor, mighty God, that they may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah for Father, we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and, and wickedness in high places. And Father, we pray that you will send your angels, God, to speak to us the way that you sent your angels to speak to Hagar. Father, that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we have heard from God and that we know that God has seen us. Hallelujah. And that we will not be given over to derision and that we will not be given over to people who try to despise us. But Father, that we will stand knowing that we are loved and cared for and adored by Jesus Christ. Father, we give you the praise and the honor and glory. And Father, I pray for every person that hears this message, God, that they will be encouraged, that they will be uplifted and motivated and know, God, that you have a path for them to walk. Hallelujah. And that you will give them the water, oh God. Give them the water, oh God. Let it flow, almighty God, that they will have their thirst quenched and that they will have the provisions that they need to walk on. Hallelujah. Into the destiny that you have called them to, God. And that they will see it through. That their baby will receive the nourishment and that their vision that they have, that you have given them, God, that it will come to fruition in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. And with that, I hope that you have been encouraged today. I hope that you have been inspired and moved and know that God loves you. And he will not deny you any good thing. Know that he will not deny you any good thing. Hallelujah. And for every person that the enemy has come to to steal and kill and destroy, I pray that God will raise up a standard and that he will reward you abundantly for anything that the enemy has tried to take. That he will give you back a hundredfold. Hallelujah. As you open your heart up to God as you continue to walk by faith and not by sight. He's a loving God and he cares for you. Hallelujah. I will not delay anymore. I feel the blessing of the God on this word, the blessing of the Lord on this word. And I pray that you have a blessed week wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Have a blessed week. And I am your host, A.M. Wilson.